Welcome to The Pursuit by Canal Pursuit Productions. The Pursuit is a verbal variety podcast that includes a little adventure, a little nostalgia, a little fitness, and a little mental health. So let's get started with uh, an adventure. I'm Clay Williams, and I'm here with Carol Stewart. Uh, I've known Carol since around, I think, 2013. We met at Sulphur Springs Trail Race. We were both, um, uh, there was a third person. I think we were running with someone else. Robin. um, Robin Oh, Robin, that's right. That's right. Running up the Three Sisters, which is a series of um, progressively longer and steeper and more (laughs) anger-inducing. There was was quite a lot of swearing, but uh, we survived and... um, so we've known each other for eight, nine, ten years, something like that, and and know a lot of the same people. Um, I'm talking with Carol today about crewing, uh, crewing Dave for a hundred mile race or longer, or crewing others. Uh, sorry, Stephen. Stephen. Dave. <laughs> and some of the differences between being a, a support crew for someone that's running a hundred miles and being support crew at a, at a race for a three or four hour shift or something like that. Um, so how you have a list of races that you've crewed um, Steve for, right? And others. Sulfur was the first one back in 2012. That was the beginning of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then there's been Western States, uh, Bryce Canyon in Utah, Burning River, Tahoe 200, Woodstock a few times, uh, Beast of Burden, and Quebec. What was in Quebec? The Mega Trail. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think um, Rhonda suggested I uh, I talk with you because um, honestly, I didn't know. I knew you um, had helped out a few times, but that's quite a list of committed time hanging around at aid stations waiting for the same guy to come in (laughs) (laughs) so most of the most of the focus is on on the runner when you um uh when you pack up and and get ready for for a trip um sulfur springs i guess is is probably one of the easiest ones to to pack for because you're it's a short drive down there and you can yeah. bring all of your stuff and all of his stuff right um, he brings his stuff yeah 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 so you're not as as um he's got it down to a pat now yeah yeah i imagine <laughs> <laughs> your uh your concerns i guess when you're at an aid station oh uh, let's talk about driving so mm. with um for most of them uh, you're traveling from one aid station to the next? For most of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sulfur was loops and Woodstock is loops. Mm-hmm. Um, Beast of Burden was out and back. Um, right along the canal by, um, yeah. by near Buffalo. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're all, they're all city streets. So you can just take an Uber, right? Between all the aid stations. <laughs> <laughs> no, I drive. Sometimes I have to drive a big, big camper. (laughs) Yeah. So what's with the camper? And um, was that uh, Utah or? That was uh, Tahoe 200. um, Okay. Because it's, they get uh, 72 hours. We were there for a week. 
Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> a week? Yeah, I think we were there for a week. Um, but when we got there, the camper that we had rented had reserved the person who had it before us didn't hadn't shown up. So oh. the only option was to take the next size larger camper that was there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was a little nervous, uh, nerve wracking having to drive this big ass honking and the hills at Tahoe there the, the roads are like there's a big drop off at the side yeah. of the side of the oh, road yeah it's like yeah don't be going off the side of the road <laughs> <laughs> yeah I drove um excuse me I drove once um north I guess it's north of uh, Los Angeles towards Santa Barbara um mm -hmm. Malibu so going to through the mountains from Malibu across to the, the new interstate highway was those roads with little switchbacks. So there's a big cliff up on the left-hand side and down on the right-hand side. And yeah. I was driving a rental car and I was actually nauseous after driving <laughs> on it. I was so nervous. I was white knuckled on the steering wheel. Yeah. Even though you're not supposed to, your eyes can't help but look over the edge as you're driving. Yep. <laughs> in, a, in a motorhome. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you just you're um, not used to the the width of it and the the weight of it as well. Like it was just mm -hmm. quite, it was quite nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what are what are the distances are roughly? Is there an average distance between the aid stations um, there? So you've got um, three or four hours, or what is what does that timing look like? Yeah, sometimes it can be up to five hours, depending on um the terrain that they're going to run mm, okay. um, between those two aid stations because tahoe is so big there was mm. some of them were where it was nice easy terrain that nice runnable stuff and then there's other sections where they're going through rocky stuff that the jeeps go up mm, okay right and it's um yeah it takes them longer to run that those sections. It all depends mm -hmm. on the sections, yeah. And um, so the the runners got all of their stuff either in uh, drop bags that they've put out to the aid stations or in um, uh, in the crew vehicle that you're driving around, mm -hmm. and um, all that's like prearranged, right? The the runner knows has has their recipe and their their race plan and yeah, really, plan and so on. Yeah. Steven's got it all sorted that he knows what he needs and he puts what he needs in each of his drop bags. Okay. Um, the only thing I usually bring him is anything <laughs> extra food or drinks. Um, his caffeine of choice is Dr. Pepper. So mm, okay. um, I always have to bring him a doctor, a nice cold Dr. Pepper. Nice. To each aid station. And so how do you arrange food for or you, the support crew? Yeah, it depends if we're driving. Like, it was great with Tahoe because we had the uh, camper. I had a fridge in the camper and stuff. But places like um, Bryce Canyon, um, I had to get a small uh, styrofoam cooler. And, you know, I got things that I didn't have to cook, like hard-boiled eggs or pickles mm. or um just like luncheon meat that was easier you like already prepared salads from the grocery mm -hmm. stores and before i'd start um or before steven would start we'd find a grocery store and i would get the groceries that i was going to need mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> yeah, so uh, sometimes it's cold food for the for the two or three days, right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, sleeping arrangements. So does does Stephen sleep when uh, during a race or does he no. take like short breaks, I guess? Yeah, he he tries not to sit down. There okay. were a couple of races, depending on whether he's he's been injured or something when he has been running. He he mm -hmm. will sit down. Um, <clears throat> but he tries not to stay down too long because then it's mm -hmm. harder to get back up. Um as far as and, uh, my sleeping, you want to hear yeah. about my sleep? I sleep in the back of the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So no uh no warm tent, occasionally an RV. But, uh, Occasionally an RV. The only mm -hmm. time I had a hotel was in Quebec. Mm -hmm. And I was thankful I had it. I ended up, the plan wasn't to have the, the hotel. Um, but I, when we went, I sent him off on his, on his race and it was a wet day and I had mm -hmm. some meetings that I needed to attend. So I needed to have Wi-Fi. So when I went oh, back, okay. I, I asked it, I said, you know, is the room booked? Can I keep it for the night? <clears throat> mm -hmm. So I had to pay extra because <laughs> it was mm -hmm. last minute. Right. Right. Um, but I was grateful to have it because then Stephen ended up dropping. So mm -hmm. we had at least had, if I hadn't booked the hotel and he had dropped, the two of us would have been sleeping in the car for that night. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> and it was, um, at a reasonable place you could get to it through the through the race or based on the course yeah it was quebec wasn't too bad for travel getting back and forth between the aid stations mm -hmm. um it was basically along one main highway and the okay. aid stations were off the, the the main highway okay and then the hotel was in the one little town that's mm -hmm. by mount Anne. <clears throat> okay yeah so what's the longest race you've crewed for? Tahoe. Tahoe. Longest distance yeah. and longest time, right? Time, yeah. Yeah. The the runners always got his uh his layers and usually carries a pack so you can put a layer on, take a layer off, or a, a mm -hmm. few things. Um, um Tahoe, especially, I guess, maybe Moab, but some of the some of the ones I've how do you survive the, how do you survive not running and staying warm for three days? Yeah, Tahoe was tough because the weather did turn. It was quite snowy. And the other, one of the other girls that was with us that was running, um, mm -hmm. we had to switch out her shoe, her socks and shoes. So, mm -hmm. because they were just getting so wet. Mm -hmm. So we had to try to get them dry in between each aid station. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's tough. So with the um, the um, the race official facilities at each of the aid stops are pretty limited, right? Yeah, they're usually mm. intense. Um, mm. It's very rare, like Beast of Burden. You, you ran to another building. That's yeah. Very there's rare. the one building at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. very rare that you get to go when you're in a building. Mm -hmm. it's usually either a three or four sided tent where they've got heaters in the tents and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But still open to the wind, right? Yeah. Woodstock's not too bad. It's like a, 
like a picnic camping shelter, one of those big, and they they're oh, able okay. to block it off with with uh, tarp and stuff. Mm -hmm. So Woodstock's not too bad. Yeah. Were you were you out at uh, three days in the park and my race in October? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were yeah. for a little while for the morning. And yeah. Gary's. Um, uh, yeah, nighttime is the best time to be there. Be there. <laughs> it's like fully enclosed. Gary has the disco ball going <laughs> and um, and two propane heaters in there with shorts and t-shirts in, uh, yeah. in October. But um, <clears throat> yeah, that's a little different on <clears throat> a little lower cost to put on something like that if it's one of them on a one mile loop as opposed to stretched out across um, mm -hmm. across a bunch of mountain peaks, right? Yeah, I don't know how Western States does it, how they get the stuff, all the equipment and all the supplies that they need, how mm -hmm. they get them to some of these aid stations. Yeah. And yeah. some of the aid stations are, you're strictly getting water or Gatorade because mm -hmm. they're just so remote. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But they they tell you which what is available at each aid station so the runners know. What's um what's one of your most memorable aid station or not aid station, but um support crew <laughs> events or times or <clears throat> things? Well, there's the one time at like at Western States. Um, it was getting down to the cutoff where at each aid station, they blow a horn. So people, the rate runners that are out for far enough, they know they've got five minute warning. I think they've got a 10 minute and a five minute warning. Mm, okay. It's been a while now. Um, but I, it was getting to, it was like two minutes and I knew he wasn't going to come in. Mm -hmm. um, but there was another runner there, a man and a woman, the man was running and it was a very hot year. The weather had turned really hot. That's part of the reason why Stephen <laughs> dropped. Mm -hmm. um, so I had saved ice. I went and got ice <clears throat> to give to Stephen. And I knew he wasn't going to need it. I had it in a bag. Mm -hmm. So like in a sandwich bag. To, and this guy was just rushing, 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 trying to get out before the, the, the you know, the horn went again. Mm -hmm. And I said, here, just take the ice. And he's like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> That's to, to support someone, not just, I mean, I don't know you. I don't care, mm -hmm. but I, I want to support you and support what you're doing. It's, it's, mm -hmm. I'm sure it's a, a huge goal to a lot of these people mm -hmm. that they, cause it's just so hard to get into Western States. Mm -hmm. um, but I did see him the next day at the finish line and he had dropped I think he said two or three aid stations later. Oh man. Yeah, he'd slowed down too much and didn't make the mm. cutoff. Oh man. But you know, at least I got him a little bit further. He had that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, a little um a little uh, a small act, right? And that was mm -hmm. so appreciated. Yeah. Cool. What do you think um Steven's favorite finishes or most which of those ultras is he most proud of finishing, do you think? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, he, he had sulfur, his first, very first sulfur, because he did sulfur the year <clears throat> after he had done, um, you know, the four desert races. Um, 
four deserts where you carry all your own stuff and you go oh, okay. from location to location and mm. they'll bring the tent, but you have to carry everything else. So you have to carry your own food, clothing, everything Oh, okay. in between mm. each stop. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, mm. So he had done uh, Egypt, the Sahara Desert in the October before sulfur. And then he had done uh, Peru, uh, okay. Atacama. Mm. Um, in February so he he was he could do he knew he could do the staged races he could do quite a the you know because you get the week to do I don't know what the distance is but mm-hmm. quite I think it's maybe over 200 column it's got to be over 200 it's a week mm-hmm. um but he wasn't sure how he would do in, in all one stretch of having right in a nonstop, right? right? In nonstop. So mm-hmm. it was it was all the unknown, the nerves. Mm-hmm. I don't think he slept. <laughs> yeah. But he's yeah, done getting, he's getting done so many. One, right? Yeah, he's done so many now. I think he's he's done sulfur this year was number 10 finished. Oh wow, okay. And then he's got others where he like he didn't finish Western States, he didn't finish Quebec. Mm-hmm. Woodstock, the one year he had to drop from the hundred mile to the hundred K. It was a kind of a different thing for me. And I did Indiana state started Indiana state, let's say. Um, Yeah. He just did Indiana. Yeah. It's a a fall race now, isn't it? Yeah. He just did it in October at the Thanksgiving weekend because it was Thanksgiving weekend. I didn't go. All right. Okay. Yeah. I think when I did it, it was in the spring. Um, and uh, water was high. It was like a milk water, right? So there's there's a couple places where you, you go across the water, across mm-hmm. the river. But um, yeah, it was kind of nice that um, I knew when I was getting close to the 50 mile mark that I wasn't going to finish. It, would, it had been raining, and mm-hmm. I got uh, cold and just wasn't able able to heat up. I didn't bring enough stuff with me, right? So mm-hmm. um. I heard them say before the race started that um, if even if you registered for 100, if you only finish 50, you'll still get a 50 miler um, finisher's medallion. <laughs> so I humbly asked for my 50 miler medallion. I've got it hanging up here. <laughs> but I, I vowed I would not go back. <laughs> That's a it's kind of a tough course. Some of the, the what killed me at that race is there's quite a bit of a side slope. And um, is it still in the same location? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it is. Um, it, they may have moved the location because possibly Stephen did really well. I, considering mm-hmm. this, it was his third one because he had a couple of deferrals. Indiana was a deferral, okay, as well as Woodstock. Oh, so okay. he did Woodstock yeah, in September and then Indiana in October. Mm-hmm. And so Indiana is one of his fastest it's not mm-hmm. his fastest but it's oh wow okay one of the faster ones oh wow okay so well maybe they changed the course some because it was it was tough when i was at well it was raining for most of it too right and there was a little bit of side slope and and um so that was mud so yeah. slip sliding I, sideways on the mud i think he did say it would be awful if it was a cold wet rain mm-hmm. you know typical fall rain yeah. it yeah. would be a, a bad but if he had really good weather yeah so any any um, particular race or location that you'd like to go back to as a as a support crew? 
Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying you hate all the rest of them. <laughs> no, I would. I I want to see him finish Western States mm, only mm -hmm. because I know that's his one. Like that is his. That's an iconic one for sure. Yeah, he really wants to finish, but it's just so hard to get in on the on the lottery. Um, mm -hmm. So I've told him if he gets in, he's uh, he's not going alone. I'm going. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. um, um Bryce I would love to go back to Bryce and mm -hmm. and go back as for vacation um because it was just so beautiful that the red mountains it, it, mm -hmm. Utah mm -hmm. uh the Grand Canyons I would love to go and do myself do the grand 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 the the yeah. rim mm -hmm. that would oh, be, cool. be neat yeah even Tahoe was it's it's a beautiful area Lake mm -hmm. Tahoe to go and do the whole route yourself because it's it's very well marked the mm -hmm. the trail itself um there are parts where they get go off the actual lake tahoe trail mm -hmm. um, but the to, to go back and do the lake tahoe trail myself mm -hmm. hiking would i would love to do that yeah nice yeah one of the things i've heard about being a crew member is that crew stands for cranky runner endless waiting um, <laughs> pretty much so, it is <laughs> so, so i was um and and honestly in my my little bit of time at aid stations um at a couple of races i've seen some really cranky runners and uh wondering mm -hmm. how their crew members put up with them um i'm sure there have been some some cranky uh some cranky moments but um some runners are not so much that way, and uh, I, um, I can only imagine what the conversations are like at three o'clock in the morning when, uh, when everybody's tired, the crew, the crew as well as the runner. Um, yeah. um, but you guys seem to have worked it out okay. How do you, how do you deal with that, or how, how does that get framed? <laughs> I'm lucky. Steven's pretty laid after? back. He, I don't think yeah. he's ever gotten cranky at me mm. or like i don't ever recall him getting cranky at me mm -hmm. um and he's um very meticulous about planning and stuff so mm -hmm. uh, he's only had a couple of times where he's forgotten something or he's forgotten to grab something or um like <laughs> Western states, I nearly screwed him up. <laughs> yeah. Or sorry, not Western states. Uh, with this past Woodstock, mm -hmm. um, they had they had the two aid stations, and we had heard that all you were supposed to, you could bring your own. Like he's got his bucket. You could bring the supplies to the one aid station. Mm -hmm. um, so we brought it ourselves. But when we got there, we were busy talking and um, Ron Ir Irwin actually was carrying the bucket and we weren't listening because we were busy talking and he just set it down. But it it was the um, where he set it down was to be taken to the other aid station oh, and the geez. bucket was for that aid station. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So. I I had done uh, a small race like the eight uh, eight mile five five I'm sorry eight k five mile in the morning myself went and had breakfast got changed and 
I was watching the time for when I needed to be back. <clears throat> and luckily I decided to go early mm -hmm. um, to check to, to see, just to make sure. <laughs> and his bucket wasn't there. Oh, <laughs> it's man. like, where's his bucket? And and the guy's like, well, where'd you put it? And I'm like, I put it right there. Like, we well, I said, we put it right here. And he goes, oh no, that went to the other aid station. Oh, <laughs> it's geez. like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I grabbed Ron and said, Ron, we got to go to go help me find that because, you know, they tell me they didn't have GPS coordinates on how to get to the other aid station. Oh, man. Um, I hadn't been to that aid station because the course this year was new to us. It was new mm -hmm. last year, but this year new to us. So I hadn't been to the other aid station. Um, I have reading glasses. I can't read the map or the directions. They only had written directions. It's like, okay. I can't read the directions and drive at oh. the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I was lucky. I found, I, as I was pulling out, I saw Ron and I said, Ron, you have to come, <laughs> come <laughs> and help navigate. Me navigate. <laughs> <laughs> so we got there and got back before he got back. So it was crisis oh, averted. Right. Crisis averted. I didn't, I didn't even tell him until afterwards. And he, he didn't, when I did tell him, he's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> he's just so laid back. Yeah. It's like no harm, no foul. Right. Yeah. What's one venue that you don't want to go back to? I don't think I've ever said that. No, I didn't. I don't like this place. Nothing terrible. Nothing really terrible. Well, Some fun. of them are more boring. Like the, mm -hmm. the loops are more boring. Oh, like this thing. The loops are boring because you're just sitting there waiting. Mm -hmm. There's nothing really for you to do. Right. Um, but places like Sulphur, you, you, I know Ancaster, like I know I can go in, but then mm. I take, I risk the, of losing my good parking spot. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sulphur, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, there's, there's some that are boring because you're stuck sitting there and you can't go, but then the ones where you have to travel, it's, it's nerve wracking that making sure yeah. you get to where you need to be and stuff. So. Yeah. Anything you wanted to bring up about, uh, about crewing? Um, well, if you want to be a crew person, you have to be willing to put your needs aside for the runner because you are there for the runner to support mm -hmm. the runner. I've seen some crew people where they make it about themselves. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not about you it's about the runner mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. get your head out of your butt mm -hmm. right and yeah. do what you're supposed to be doing you're here so to support the person <clears throat> um yeah so you, you if you're going to crew do it for the right reasons yeah make the do it for the right reasons and make sure you you understand that commitment when you Mm -hmm. when you get started and then part way th part way through when you when you don't feel like being there anymore remember yeah. why you started doing that yeah and it's it's yeah that's a good that's a good thought because i i know um on uh on those i've i've been at Halliburton forest at two in the morning when it's raining right mm -hmm. and and in the in the discomfort and cold and and waiting for the next runner to come in mm -hmm. um there's always the thought that this is this is relatively not bad compared to what the runner's got to be going through right now mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. they're they've chosen to do something really 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 hard um and we're doing something that's it's maybe a little difficult and uncomfortable 
Yeah. And, um, yeah. You don't, you can't just say, okay, I've had enough. Um, I'm going to go and start drinking when mm -hmm. you're supposed to maybe possibly needing to also run with the person and pace mm -hmm. that person. Right. You can't right. start drinking when you are supposed to be a pacer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just because you're bored. You mm -hmm. Yeah. We didn't even talk about pacing. How often do you um, do you pace run? Um, I used to pace more often, but since 2017, I was injured. I've been injured. Mm. Um, I did do manage to do Woodstock when the last loop of Woodstock this year. Um, mm -hmm. By that time, he was mostly walking or mm -hmm. like fast hiking. Um, so yeah, I was able to do that. <clears throat> you usually do but, that on a on a planned interval, or like, do you know usually know when you you were going to start? Uh, yeah, like with, with sulfur, the first few years that he did sulfur, the first very first year he did sulfur, I had signed up as a relay person on a relay okay. team. So I started with him to keep him slower so that he didn't because he is fast, like he's, mm -hmm. he's fast enough, he qualified for Boston that type. like, back oh, then wow. he was, mm -hmm. he was faster back then. Um, so we made the plan that if he stuck with me, I would keep him slow. And, and so he wouldn't burn out. Right. Um, so I ran with him that first loop as part of my relay. Um, and then because he wasn't sure whether he was going to need me or not on the last loop, it was like, we'll have to wait and see, see, because mm -hmm. he, it was all unknown. He didn't know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, sure enough, he was, he was pretty tired. Um, mm -hmm he hadn't really slept just from the nerves and stuff. So when I did walk with him on his last loop and yeah, he was sleepwalking yeah. <laughs> a couple times <laughs> when I had to like grab him and make some of the bridges at sulfur and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's like when they're tired, it's like when you're tired and you're driving and you head for the yellow line, yep. because it, he was heading for the edge of the bridge Yeah, yeah. and I would have to grab him. And yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and I guess the thing there is if you're going to be pace running with um, with a hundred mile runner later on in the in the in the in his race, um, you've got to have some idea of their pace because if you go out of an aid station you, that you're going to be out for three or four hours, you've got mm -hmm. to make sure you're prepared for um, the the slower pace and you're not going to be that you're not going to be out in shorts and a t-shirt in October. Yeah, you have to make sure you're dressed properly, and mm -hmm. yeah, you, you want to be a, a help to the runner, not a burden, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's been I've seen I've been at races where the people I've been waiting for at the aid stations, and runners will come in and said, and they'll say, "I had to drop my pacer." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The pacer wasn't. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pacing uh... is fun. Like that's the thing. Some races. There's like Woodstock is really good for pacing. Mm -hmm. um, if you show up and you don't have a pacer, the race directors are, they know everybody. They're very well connected in the community mm -hmm. and people, I guess they just love them. So people will just hang out and on the off chance that someone may need a pacer. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Woodstock, nice. if, if anyone wants to do a, a race, I would suggest Woodstock. It's mm -hmm. so much fun. The whole weekend is so much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah and it's, it's like the race weekend with 50 50k 50 mile 100 mile yeah there's 
<clears throat> there's uh, shorter races as well. There's five. Mm -hmm. There's the Funky Bus 5K on Friday okay. night. So the Woodstock is different where it starts Friday night. Most okay. ultras start like five o'clock Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. But Woodstock, um, they start at four o'clock in the afternoon on Friday. Oh, wow. Um, they're actually changing it for next year. They're going to start at two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, there's uh, just fun runs. There's also a clothing optional. <laughs> 5k on friday night <laughs> and, and saturday night i think um, they um yeah it's just a big party like woodstock you know everyone mm -hmm. is dressed like the oh, woodstock like tie-dye right? <clears throat> the whole works yeah, it's a big party and um mm. there's there's a half marathon marathon uh 50k 50 mile 100k and 100 mile mm. Mm. yeah I was at the Red Rock Marathon in uh, Santa Barbara a few years ago, and the evening before, when everyone was picking up race kits, they had a beer mile, mm -hmm. and um, uh, quite a few of the of the ultra runners ran in the beer mile and and um, had their beers. I think the guy who who won the hundred mile race also won the beer mile the night before. Wow! But um, yeah, it was a little it was a little different for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, you, um, anything um, else you wanted to bring up or? Yeah, just, you know, if you're going to pace or pace your crew, make sure you're talking to, talk to the runner, find out what they need, what their expectation is. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I think a lot of it, if things go off the rails is because you guys didn't, you didn't communicate. And mm -hmm. sometimes the runners don't clearly express what their expectation is of the crew mm -hmm. or the crew misunderstands um, what their expectation is what the runner wants what the runner is going to need mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but yeah sometimes it, it's up to the runner to make sure they understand or they make sure that their crew person understands what it is that they want right yeah 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 that makes a lot of sense um yeah, because as a as a runner, um, you'll get you'll probably get to a certain point where um, you're just not communicating very well at all yep. <laughs> of anything, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's really important to have that that communication up front and and clarity yeah. of yeah. You of don't want to do it when you're exhausted. Are, right? Yeah, you don't want to mm -hmm. do it when you're exhausted and you can't put your two sentences together. Yeah. Explain to your crew what it is that you need. You mm -hmm. need to have that conversation beforehand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Makes sense. Cool. Well, thanks. You're welcome. Okay, let's talk about something old, something nostalgic like dial telephones. Everyone had a telephone in their kitchen, right? Growing up, um, the black telephone that hung on the wall. And then later on, the desk telephone that would uh, be on a counter somewhere and had the dial on it. I remember when um, touch-tone phones were first introduced and the dial was replaced with this uh, little keypad. And it was kind of freaky. People were making um, dial tone, not dial tone, tone dial music. Um, yeah, dial telephones, you just don't see them around anymore. Kind of like pay phones, right? Um, 
and a little bit before that, just for the first few years of my life, I remember crank telephones. And like Rhonda said at the end of the last uh, podcast, yeah, I'm old as dirt. It's time for today's stretch of the day, brought to you by Park Massage Therapy. All right, so today's stretch is for all those desk workers out there or anyone that happens to be using a smartphone. Oh, wait, that's every single one of us. Okay, so we're going to do some scaling stretches. Um, first, I want to make sure that you're comfortable, seated in a, in a place where your spine can be in a neutral position where the top of your head can reach towards the sky. And then you're going to take your right ear and slide it over to your right shoulder. At the same time as you feel that stretch down the left side of your neck, I'd like you to take your left arm and point your fingers towards the wall in front of you. Now, this doesn't feel any different. I know you're thinking, why am I doing this? I look like a fool at the office. Now I want you to take your left hand and point your palm to the wall, and you should feel that stretch increase on the left side of your neck. And if you do a few rotations up and down with your hand, you should feel the nerve flossing going on, which just means maybe your hand is tingling a little bit. And mostly what you'll feel is the stretch change in the side of your neck in the scalenes. So once you've done the one side, we're going to come back to neutral, put your arm down, put your head back to neutral. And then we're going to take left ear to left shoulder, making sure again that we're starting from a neutral spine. And your right arm is going to go towards the wall in front of you, fingertips pointed towards the wall. And then very slowly, you're going to take your right hand up so that it's palm to the wall and then back down to fingers. And again, you should feel that stretch intensify. You might feel it down your forearm, some tingling in your hand. Mostly what we're doing is tractioning the brachial plexus that everyone gets compressed when they're sitting at their desk all day long or when their head is down looking at their phone all the time. So after you've held that stretch for as long as I've been babbling, you're going to come back to neutral, drop your arm, just sort of roll your shoulders back and take a few seconds to regroup before you carry on with your day. And that is your stretch of today from Park Massage Therapy. Thanks for that, Rhonda. Here's uh, something I think you'll appreciate. Um, In fitness news, if you've been following the world of professional pickleball, Um, you'll know that there's been a lot going on lately. The world of pro pickleball is kind of like the Wild West. There's Major League Pickleball, the Professional Pickleball Association, and the Professional Pickleball Registry, among others. But according to the the Pickler magazine, a new pickleball league uh, called Vibe has been created and has merged with Major League Pickleball and Professional Pickleball Association and is backed by some big bucks. So keep your eyes open for more pickleball courts in your neighborhood uh, to feed a strong demand for skilled players. In mental health news, in a November 9th article on globalnews.com about mindfulness and anxiety, uh, a recent study suggests that meditation works as well as drugs. That's what the headline looks like. Uh, Mindfulness meditation worked as well as a standard drug for treating anxiety in in the first head-to-head comparison. So the study tested uh, a widely used mindfulness program that includes two and a half hours of classes weekly and 45 minutes of daily practice at home. 
participants were randomly assigned to the program or daily use of a generic drug sold under the brand name Lexapro for depression and anxiety. After two months, anxiety, as measured on a severity scale, declined by about 30% in both groups uh, and continued to decrease during the following four months. The study results that were published uh, Wednesday in the Journal of the American Medical Association are kind of timely. In September, an influential U.S. task force recommended routine anxiety screening for adults related to worries about the pandemic, political and racial unrest, and uh, climate change and financial uncertainties. Thank you very much for tuning in. There are many more adventures to come.